I know you're going to say spring game, it's a glorified practice, and it is. But guys, I saw plenty of signs throughout spring football culminating in that spring game that tell me without a shadow of a doubt, Miami football is already making big improvements to their culture. Let's dive in. I am Alex Dono, your host of Locked on Canes, University of Miami alum, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, pre- and post-game host on the Miami Hurricanes radio network. Wow, I enjoyed the spring game on Saturday. Huge shout-out to you guys for coming to our episode that we put out, bonus episode immediately after Miami spring game, Saturday afternoon in Fort Lauderdale. And thank you for making Locked on Canes your first Miami Hurricanes listen of the day. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts. We've had about an extra 48 hours to digest what happened on the field, and more importantly, what was said by coaches and players afterwards. And it's always neat to see when you hear from Cristobal after a spring game where I thought, guys, there were a handful of standouts, right? We talked about Tyler Van Dyke looking very good at quarterback, too many drops, deep drops from certain wide receivers of his who didn't do him any favors in coming down with the football. The running game looked on point, which meant the offensive line is looking more physical and more assignment-oriented this year. I thought the defensive line also had a good performance, specifically the transfer from USC, Jacob Lichtenstein. This young man is doing whatever he needs to do to become a starter on that D-line come September. And here was something that, yeah, you heard Coach Cristobal double- and tripled down on this in his post-game interview after the spring game. And I saw a lot of positivity when it comes to physicality. And when we talk about changing that culture among Miami football, physicality, I think, is the biggest thing. He wants these players to have an attitude of accountability that he wants to translate into physicality on the field, especially on defense and in the trenches on offense. Miami's defense last year led the country in missed tackles. It looked very embarrassing on Saturdays when you have a national or semi-national broadcast and the play-by-play guys have to say over and over again, oh, another missed tackle for Miami. Missed tackle, missed tackle, another missed tackle. We don't want that sort of stuff anymore. So physicality is something that Coach Cristobal wants to emphasize. These guys need to live it. They need to breathe it. They need to practice it. And here's what he had to say afterwards uh, about that. He said, quote, this is Coach Cristobal after the spring game, the emphasis of physicality certainly was implemented. And we saw some results, he said. Now we have to get good at sustaining physicality and levels of effort and technique and making sure that it's play 69 in the game, play 72 in the game, that we're getting a signal, we're communicating, and we're lining up and we're going fast. Overall progress, but you wish you had 15 more spring practices, but you don't, he said. I know what we want to see. We want to see a team that plays with passion, with toughness, with physicality, with resiliency that can execute at a high level. And to get there, there's no magic formula, he said. No secret sauce or hocus pocus. Hard work is the way you establish it, my friends. Hard work is the way that you get that. And I know, we'll go back to what we said in the intro. People are going to point out, hey, it's a spring game. You get touched, they blow the whistle, right? 
How can you really tell how physical they are when it's Miami players versus Miami players? They're trying not to maul each other. They don't want to get anybody injured. You can see the intensity, the speed with which we're which with with which they're playing on the field, if I could speak correctly. And I think when it comes to defense, and this is something that, oh man, there was so much good material before and after the game, interviews with Miami coaches. Uh, I caught an interview with Kevin Steele alongside Joe Zagaki on the Hurricanes pregame broadcast on the flagship radio station, and something that Kevin Steele really preached about because he was asked, how do you improve tackling? Is there a fundamental thing that these players can work on to improve that? And the first thing and the biggest thing that he brought up with improving tackling is angles. What type of angles are you taking? And I got to tell you, it looks like all these defensive players must have gotten advanced geometry degrees during spring football because the angles looked on point. You saw safeties flying around the field. You know, we go back to some of the big positives from that spring game. The defensive backs look so good. DJ Ivy actually looked like a stud out there. Isaiah Dunson had a big-time pass breakup. DeCorey Couch had an excellent spring game. And the Williams brothers, well, they're not actually brothers, no relation, but I call them brothers. Avante Williams and James Williams look like they're going to be one of the best, most exciting safety tandems in college football. James Williams, his size just looks unfair. I mean, he's built like a large linebacker, and this guy's playing safety. It's it's unbelievable. And if you're talking tackling and angles, uh, perhaps the best player on defense, at least the top performer, the guy who popped the most in Saturday's spring game, I thought was Gilbert Frierson. I don't know why he wasn't cracking the starting lineup last year, um, but he looked every bit the Gil Frierson we saw two years ago in 2020, reincarnating himself into 2022. He was disruptive. He was making big plays. Uh, you know, he he had the tackle for a loss in the first half that was like really the first moment that you heard the crowd kind of getting on their feet, going crazy, getting really excited. Uh, so his tackling was completely on point. And again, that's something that, you know, once you hit the regular season and, you know, you're going full force 100%, you're not holding back because you're hitting your teammates, you're hitting guys that wear different colored jerseys, that's where we're, we're really going to see if Miami has improved their fundamentals because it's not, you know, angles are the most important thing, as Kevin Steele mentioned, but you also have to be able to wrap up, you have to be able to get your head on the ball, uh, and you have to be able to finish your tackling. It's not just about bumping somebody like a pinball machine and hoping they fall over. You actually have to finish these tackles. So hopefully, like Coach Cristobal said, not only is the physicality that Miami is improving on, not only does that need to be sustainable, so does the tackling. Because we saw some great signs on Saturday. We need to see that translate into more permanent, lasting success. So all in all, and later on in this episode, we're going to break down some of the unofficial stats that came out of it. So we're not done talking spring football, folks. But all in all, um, I saw attitude, intensity. I saw a team that actually showed up and played their butts off in a spring game. I've covered a lot of spring games over the years. Some have been much better than others. 
You know, I actually thought that the spring game under Manny Diaz from a year ago was really good. Uh, this one even better from Mario Cristobal, but I've seen some over the years where Miami just either didn't have enough bodies in the spring to put on a serious spring game or didn't really look like they were anywhere close to August or September type of form. Uh, they look closer to that than they have in a lot of years past. And when you're talking about the culture of Miami football, something else that really stands out not on the field, but on the sidelines. The caliber of this coaching staff. I had to pinch myself a few times watching this. Like, I'm a football nerd. I'm a University of Miami nerd. So if you think I'm, I'm getting a little bit too crazy how bullish I am on this staff, you guys let me know in the comments, okay? But... As a lifelong University of Miami football fan who grew up during the glory days and has watched the program for almost two decades not be anywhere near those glory days, to be watching this spring game and to see Charlie Strong coaching your linebackers, getting a lot of camera time, Jason Taylor, defensive analyst, but getting a chance to coach up your defensive ends, seeing him on camera a ton, Josh Gaddis, who I was watching on the Michigan sidelines last year, coordinating Miami's offense, Jamil Adai, the defensive backs coach. Now, he may not be a household name yet, but I think he's going to be someday. This is a heck of a football coach coaching Miami's DBs. Our guy Ed Reed on this staff as well. Uh, Mario Cristobal, Alex Mirabal, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. This is a big time coaching staff. This is going to pay dividends not only in recruiting, which we've already been seeing, but it's going to pay dividends, my friends, in talent development and attitude from these players. So when you talk about changing that culture, creating a completely new mindset and set of habits for these players, a coaching staff like this, as long as they can all check their egos at the door and work together, we haven't had any signs otherwise, still very early in the process, of course. But this is going to be really exciting, the way we are going to see basically a religion of toughness and physicality established on the Green Tree practice fields and in the Schwartz Center. So when we come back, we're going to go over some of the numbers, right? Because we didn't have the luxury of this. Saturday, immediately after the game was over, we didn't have the unofficial stats just yet. What story do these stats tell us about your quarterbacks and your running backs, especially? That and more is coming your way. But guys, you want to talk about establishing a culture? Built Bar has helped me establish a culture of better health and fitness, I've traded in my candy bars for these. Not only do they taste better, they're so much better for me. Have you tried Built Bar's new Puffs? If you haven't, guys, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. Oh, that one is so good. They're going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's 100% real chocolate. Guys, this has helped me so much because 
for the last six months, I've been on a fitness journey. And that's not always easy for someone like me who's got a very powerful sweet tooth. Well, Built Bar satisfies my sweet tooth without doing bad things to me when I step on the scale, guys. They are low calorie and high in protein. Replace your candy bars with these like I did. They're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. You can go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You're going to be blown away. High protein, low cal. High fiber, low carb. Most Built Bars contain... Just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, only 4 net carbs, 17 action-packed grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. Built Bar, you've got awesome flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. Oh, the new white chocolate cookies and cream is the bomb. If they think a new flavor is going to be good, they're going to make it. It's going to be delicious, and it will be good for you. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make the bars taste delicious first, and then they find out how to make it healthy later. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. Go to their website, Built.com, and use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. A lot of us who live and die Miami Hurricanes football, we live inside a little bit of a bubble, right? And sometimes that bubble can feel like an echo chamber. So every now and again, I like to stick my head outside that bubble and see what folks who cover college football who don't cover Miami specifically have to say. There were a lot of eyes on Miami's spring game, which is good because, of course, you know, Miami has become, they become a program of national interest, right? With the money that they're spending from a booster standpoint, with the way they're making themselves players in recruiting, with Cristobal leaving Oregon to come to Miami. But most importantly for us, Miami having a quarterback who appears on the Heisman Trophy watch lists, that's going to bring some national attention. So, yeah, there were plenty of folks out there sticking their heads into into our Miami bubble to see what Tyler Van Dyke was doing. And most of these people had been saying or had been saying during Saturday's spring game in that, yeah, you know what? You can see why Tyler Van Dyke, with his command of Miami's offense, right? You notice his first two drives were both touchdown drives. They were balanced touchdown drives when it came to mixing the run. The pass, his first TD drive was a 15-play, 75-yard drive. Good balance, and of course, credit to Josh Gaddis, the offensive coordinator, for helping create this balance. Six passing plays, nine running plays, a Henry Parrish rushing touchdown capped it off. That was the way things went for Tyler Van Dyke, was spreading the football around, was keeping the chains moving. Uh, And people took notice. They said, hey, with his talent and with his command of the offense, it's easy to see why Tyler Van Dyke is getting love as one of these guys on the preseason list to watch out for for the Heisman Trophy. Now, wasn't a perfect day for TVD by any stretch of the imagination. He missed some makeable throws, which you would expect in a spring game when you're learning a new offense, but... I thought Tyler Van Dyke, and this is not his fault in any way, shape, or form, was hard done by some of his wide receivers. Keyshawn Smith dropped a deep ball. Xavier Restrepo, who I can't criticize too much because he was catching most everything that came his way, 
had a drop in the first quarter. Jacoby George was a little bit off on a route, and it led to a deep ball drop from from where I sit. I thought that was a little bit more on him that was on TBD. So Tyler Van Dyke's numbers in, I, I thought, an excellent effort in this spring game. He went 21 for 33. 191 yards and a touchdown pass, and he threw that touchdown pass in the second half to Jacoby George. TVD after the game said, we missed some shots, threw a couple of deep balls that didn't connect, he said. You'll see during the season, we will connect on those. says, I feel like I missed a few throws I'd like to have back. I had Jaleel Skinner down the sideline. Oh, that's right. That was That was in the second half, and man, I... Jaleel Skinner was down the sideline and TBD didn't see him. That would have been nice, especially for Jaleel Skinner, true freshman, early enroll, early enrollee tight end, who was a big time recruit from Miami. They flipped him from Alabama at the last minute. Ooh, if he had come down with that, that would have been fun. Uh, uh, TVD added he had Frank Ladson was wide open. Wish I could have had that one back, but it was a stepping stone for everyone. Now, Tyler Van Dyke did say to start things off. There are still a few things that are under wraps, he said, but we did a good job up front. We're very physical, established the run game early. The defense played well, too, making us work for our yards. I thought we had a great day, he said. So much like his head coach, starting quarterback, went out of his way to praise the physicality. That was a big thing that stood out to me. It stood out to me during the game. It stood out to me right after the game, and it's nice to hear the quarterback and the head coach talking about it. So we mentioned Tyler Van Dyke's numbers. Um, he was very much splitting time in the first half before we started to see the third, fourth, and even fifth quarterback get some playing time a little bit later on. Jake Garcia got plenty of opportunities with the second team and the first team offense as well. So Garcia, who you just have to hope that he he sticks it out, right? Because if things go a certain way, if Tyler Van Dyke, like some people expect, if this could be his final year in college coming up, if he has a really good season, Garcia could have a full three years to start at Miami. Uh, Garcia went 14 for 23, 147 yards. We also saw, uh, and I was excited to see him on the field, had a quiet day, but you could see the potential there. True freshman early enrollee, Ja'Cory Brown, uh, three for six for 15 yards. Uh, Ja'Cory Brown, he's already got, elite college football level size like he looks the part playing that quarterback position we saw him flash some in spring practices and make some big throws didn't put up big numbers in this game but um there's going to be a couple of games on Miami's schedule to start the season before you take on Texas A&M we might see Ja'Curry Brown even get a little bit of playing time in the regular season against lesser opponents he can play a lot before burning his red shirt so I, I think we're going to see more of this young man. He could be the future of this program as well. But on offense for Miami in the spring game, I thought the best performing position group on the O were the running backs. Like they're, they're, And these guys, you had a, a trio that really got an opportunity to shine because that running back room is, is dinged up right now. Jalen Knighton, injured, didn't take part in the spring game. Don Chaney. Uh, still recovering from that knee injury from last year, so he hasn't taken part in the spring at all. Uh, Cody Brown hitting the transfer portal, so he's out of the picture. And you saw the full depth on display. Henry Parrish, who may be so even when the regular season starts. I'm not going to sleep on this. I'm not going to rule it out. 
But Henry Parrish, the transfer from Ole Miss, took starters reps in this one. Uh, he had the single biggest running play from Miami, a really nice uh, 21-yard run. His stats on the day, he had eight carries for 38 yards. He also had three receptions for 32 yards, 70 yards from scrimmage for Miami on Saturday. Uh, Thad Franklin actually had the most rushing yards in this game. That was a huge positive for me, Thad Franklin. Like, he's 243 pounds. He's a big body. He's strong. He's a thumper. But I, I think he's making a case to get a little bit more than short yardage carries this coming year because I just love the way Franklin runs. I love it. And guys, this is another, the word of the day is physicality because Thad Franklin gave you another powerful illustration of physicality because he looked even bigger, stronger, and more powerful than last year. He always kept those legs churning. And every time Thad Franklin falls, he's always falling forward, not backward, always falling forward for positive yardage. So uh, I don't know. And again, this is such a deep running back room because when you have Cheney and night and back for the regular season these guys are going to be really fighting for any sort of reps like it's this is going to be a dog eat dog running back room uh but Thad Franklin making a strong case for himself but then you know I, I almost feel bad saving this guy for last in that running back core because this this guy was one of the biggest stories coming out of the spring game period Devin Perry the walk-on running back Number 46, it took everyone a little while to figure out who this guy was because the roster wasn't properly updated to show him wearing number 46. But yeah, Devin Perry, this is a guy who uh, he had really been flashing well in spring practices. So what we saw in the spring game still exceeded expectations, but was a continuation of the hard work that this guy had been putting on in the spring uh, to watch him play, to watch him cut, to watch his burst. You know, to watch the confidence with which he carries the football. He's got some moves. He's got some acceleration. You would never think that this young man is a walk-on. I hope they can find a scholarship for him, right? And I hope he gets it at Miami and he doesn't have to go in the portal and go somewhere else to get it. This guy needs a scholarship. And, you know, hopefully with Cody Brown leaving, that would open up a spot for Devin Perry to get some carries. But, yeah, he might have been. I mean, when you consider where he was coming in as a walk-on player, he might have been the single most impressive story. For as much as I love the O-line and the D-line, oh, the O-line opening up some holes for the running game, physicality, Jacob Lichtenstein, Cyrus Moss had a good day on the defensive line as well. Don't want to forget to mention him. The safeties look great. The cornerbacks look great in coverage. But Devin Perry, running back number 46, Probably the single best story on that team because this young man is a walk-on, and I believe he deserves more. Reminds you of uh, former walk-on Jimmy Murphy from a few years ago, the special teams ace who scored a touchdown against FAMU and then really started to flash and people started to take notice. Devin Perry could be the walk-on on the team this year that people really start to take notice of. When we come back, one of the most uh, odd, bizarre transfer portal sagas this year, Miami's right in the crosshairs of it. Thank you for making Locked on Canes your first listen every day. Now for a big announcement, starting Thursday, April 28th, tune in to Locked on NFL Drafts, live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders. And for those of you dying to know who your team will take, 
Catch Odyssey and Locked On's NFL Mock Draft special hosted by Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show all week leading up to the first pick. This is happening, guys. Locked On NFL Draft will be on the Locked On NFL Draft YouTube page. The Odyssey NFL Mock Draft can be found on Odyssey and Locked On NFL Draft podcast feeds. When is this going down, you might ask? Well, the days of the draft for starters, my friends. April 28th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. April 29th, 6.30 p.m. April 30th, 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time. And the Odyssey NFL Mock Draft will be April 18th, 22nd, and 25th. This episode of Locked on Canes is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is my number one source for all my betting stats and sports info. Make it yours. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, which are underway. My Miami Heat got a dominant Game 1 victory. That's what I'm talking about. Major League Baseball season is going on as well. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Guys, I'm on BetOnline every day. This is a tool you need to use to better your sports wagering knowledge. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. It's going to be a very busy week here on Locked on Canes. We're going to be talking with our recruiting expert, John Garcia Jr., later this week. On Thursdays, we like to answer your questions and read your comments from Twitter. And that reminds me, make sure you are following, my friends. When you follow at Locked on Canes, our official show account, we will follow you back. Even if you're a Florida State fan, we will follow you back if you follow us at Locked on Canes. Make sure you spread the word. You can follow my personal Twitter account as well, at Alex Dono, Dono spelled D-O-N-N-O. So we're going to read all of your questions and comments on Thursday's episode. And on Fridays, you know how we like to do. We like to keep up with a cane. We're going to be talking with a former Miami Hurricanes player on Friday. Let's talk about a weird saga in the transfer portal that it's looking like things are going to come full circle. A couple weeks ago, Georgia offensive tackle, who was a very highly touted recruit a couple of years ago, a five-star, Amarius Mims, put his name in the transfer portal, seemingly with the intention to leave Georgia. They have a very deep offensive line, was probably looking to be a starter somewhere, was probably looking for, you know, a, a sweetened NIL situation, and you had Miami and Florida State seemingly battling it out for Mims's transfer. He visited Miami late in the week last week, left his visit without a commitment. Then he visited Florida State over the weekend, and I think it was on Friday where you had everyone on the Florida State beat basically celebrating his arrival. Oh, Mims is going to commit to FSU. This is happening. He's picking Florida State over Miami. He ends up leaving Florida State on Saturday without a commitment. And that led Miami to speculate, to speculate maybe Miami is still in the race after all. And I should go back in time a few days and say that before the Florida State folks thought Mims was a sure thing to FSU, a couple days prior to that, a lot of the people who cover Miami thought very strong chance he lands at the U. How about this for Bizarre? Being reported by multiple sources 
out of Georgia that he is going to take his name out of Georgia. In fact, I'm looking at this now, guys. This is developing very quickly. According to Sports Illustrated, it's done. Amarius Mims is going to take his name out of the transfer portal, and he is actually going to stay with the Georgia Bulldogs. So after you know a couple of weeks of speculation and visits, uh, according to Harrison Reno from Sports Illustrated, after entering the NCAA transfer portal, offensive tackle Amarius Mims is taking his name out. He's going to return to Georgia. So you can cross that one off the list. Now, I do expect before it's all said and done, Miami is going to land a handful of players in the portal. They could be looking to land another offensive tackle in the portal before uh, fall practice begins. But Marius Mims is not going to be that guy. He's not going to Miami. He's not going to Florida State. He decided the grass is not always greener. He is staying in Athens, Georgia. So that was a wild saga to follow. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.